Well, welcome to our February 2021 meeting for the Google Educator Group of Ohio. Uh, this is a monthly meeting where we take a look at everything new in, well, I used to say G Suite, I guess, Google Workspace. I got to get used to it. Everything new in Google Workspace for Education <laughs> from the last month. And uh, we share Google tips and tricks. We answer questions related to using Google tools in schools. Uh, howdy, everybody. My name is Eric Kurtz. I'm a tech integration specialist at uh, the uh, Stark Portage Area Computer Consortium, or SPARC for short. Um, we're an information technology center serving schools up in Northeast Ohio. Um, I am joined, as always, by Stephanie. Why don't you introduce yourself, Stephanie? Hey, everyone. Stephanie Howe here um, from Pickerington Local School District and excited to share some of the new updates that Google has um, that have been announced at the Learning with Google event. Yes. And we'll be hearing a lot more from our special guest, Mike. But uh, Mike, if you want to introduce yourself even just briefly, um, uh, go ahead and let us know who you are. Sure. It's, uh, I'm an, actually an intruder from Southeastern Pennsylvania. I snuck into the uh, GEG Ohio group. So I'm a teacher on special assignment in uh, the Owen J. Roberts School District, about 40 miles west of Philadelphia. Well, we are so happy to have you here today, Mike. Uh, each month, we like to have a special guest on to share things. And I appreciate that Mike is you know, from outside of Ohio, because we always do want to mention that, that even though this is GEG Ohio, Anybody is welcome. We're just we're glad to have you here. If you have an interest in using Google tools for education, that is what this meeting is all about. So thanks for being here, no matter where you're from. Um, all of the resources for today's meeting can be found in our editable Google Doc agenda. Um, if you do not have access to this, um, I will throw the link back into our YouTube chat. So I'm putting it in there right now. But for folks that don't have access to that chat, or if you're watching this recorded later, you can always get to our agendas by going to the GEG Ohio website that is found at bit.ly slash GEG Ohio. When you go to the website, simply scroll on down to the monthly meetings link. And from there, you will find a list of all of the meetings by date find today's meeting, February 25th, and scroll on over and there is the agenda link. So you can always get to this agenda on the GEG Ohio website. We definitely encourage you to do so because that's where all the good stuff's at. Well, not all the good stuff. There's a lot of good stuff in the chat too, <laughs> but there's a uh, there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of great links and resources in that agenda document. It is editable, so please feel free to contribute to this document. Um, you can add things to the uh, upcoming events. If you know about upcoming conferences, you want to draw attention to, add things to the Q&A section if you got questions to ask or answers to give, and then add things in the show and tell. There's a community show and tell portion where everybody can contribute uh, great resources and ideas to that. All right. Well, I think that gets us uh, through all the little housekeeping things we need to do. So let's go ahead and get started into our meeting. Um, there are a few things at the top of the agenda we usually like to uh, check off here. Uh, we've done our welcome and introductions. So under important links, as always, just want to remind you, please sign in when you get a moment. We have a very simple Google form here that allows me to send you a certificate of attendance and allows us to let Google know the numbers, how many people attended the meeting. We do not give out any of your information. I simply collect your email so I can send you the certificate of attendance. So if you would, um, when you get a moment, 
um, in the important links section highlighted in green. Give a click on that and fill out that form to let us know that you were here today. Um, all the other links in here, please feel free to um, explore. Um, I did add one link to here. I forgot, Stephanie, we had not put in the Facebook group link in the past. So I did go ahead and put that in there. If you, um, I'll, just, I'll just highlight it since I had forgotten to do it in the past. So there it is. So if you haven't joined our Facebook group, if Facebook's your thing, uh, jump in there as well. There's lots of ways to connect. <laughs> so, uh, but that's another good way. I just, I'd forgotten to put that in, in the past. Um, and then as a reminder under the updates section, if you have not joined our Google Educator um, group email list, please consider doing that as well. We're up to 981 members. Maybe you will be member 1000. Um, so I don't think there's any special prize for that. We should try to figure that out though. Uh, so there's a great way to stay connected in between the meetings. It's a wonderful thriving uh, email distribution group. So please consider joining that as well. All right, well, that brings us up to our upcoming events. Um, Stephanie, I don't know if there was anything in here in particular that, that you wanted to mention. Um, if so, um, what, uh, what might we wanna highlight out of our upcoming events? Yeah, so OECC is still going on. Um, I know that sounds really weird because usually it's just a week long event, I think three days, um, but it's still going on. So you can go in and watch any of the sessions. I know Eric and myself did a couple sessions so you can go in and watch those recordings. Um, there's also new sessions coming up and this is going to happen all the way until June 21. Uh, so make sure you check that out. Neotech is coming up. Um, I just got, I think, a list of all the presenters or a reminder to submit stuff. Um, so make sure you sign up for that conference. It's going to be March 15th through the 18th. And again, all virtual. And, and there's some, yeah, and free. And there's some that are on demand. And then there's yeah. a couple live. I don't know if it shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's um, a live the ones. Yeah. 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 So make sure you sign up for that session. And again, if you can't watch live, they're they're all going to be recorded. Yeah. Um, and then the last one I really wanted to talk about, uh, or there's two more actually. Sorry, the town hall. So make sure you fill out that interest survey. Um, we only had like 16 people fill it out, but we just want to know if you're interested in a town hall again, um, where you're where we can come together and it's more of a collaborative setting where we can hear from you and it's not just chatting it's voices being heard we could do breakout rooms again um, so please fill out that survey if you are interested even if you're not uh, just let us know either way and then the g-tech summit this one came out this morning um, i went to it last year and it was a lot of fun so i highly suggest um, either presenting at it and there's a call for proposals it's a quick google form um, there's also the registration link and again it's completely free so feel free to join us um, at that event Eric, is, is there anything that you wanted to mention about? No, you, you, you uh, did a fantastic job there. Um, I'm just so, in, so much enjoying the fact that things are recorded because I'm still finding myself going back and watching OETC sessions that are recorded, going back and still watching ISTE sessions that were recorded. That option of having those being recorded. Now, it's nice to be live, sure, uh, but so nice to have all of these that you can go back to and watch at, at your own time and pace, which is really great. Yeah, and Toby just put some insider information in the chat. Toby Fisher, he said um, there will be another call for presenta uh, presenters for OETC. Uh, oh. There will be a bit different. Fred oh, is Fred, coming too. Fred talks are coming too. Now, yeah. So that's awesome. Um, 
that's something that has always been a, a, a fun thing about OETC are the FRED talks, which is our version of a TED talk. It's finding real education. And if I said that wrong, Toby, I apologize. I think finding real education. I hope so. Um, and they're like five minute, you know, talks where kind of like um, uh, an Ignite talk, that that sort of a thing. We've got like 20 slides. They're, they're moving real fast. And, and uh, it's the, the scariest thing I do hands down each year is doing one of those Fred talks. So I'm excited to hear that um, Fred talks are coming and there will be some other options or some uh, more presentations at OETC. So, hey, fantastic. Uh, the only thing I would throw in with the upcoming events is um, we're gonna be talking about all of the Google updates because that was you know really the whole thing of this month. Um, Google has partnered with um, Amplified IT and I think Fried Technology, and they're doing a series of webinars that are 30 minutes long each. Uh, they started already on the 23rd. They're running all the way through April 8th, and they're basically taking things from the Learning with Google event and just expanding on each of those different topics. So if you're looking for another way to learn about some of those things, it is totally free. You can follow the link here to see when those different topics are going to be covered and can sign up to get reminders and get the link to watch those. Or they're just all streaming as live streams on YouTube. So you can catch them later as well if you need to. All right. And then we do have a question in the chat. Yeah. What is a Fred talk? Um, so Nicole so, was wondering. Yeah, I, I clearly did not do a good job explaining it. So a Fred talk is a very brief five-minute presentation where you have the presenter has a slideshow with 20 slides. Each slide moves, I think, at what five seconds long. I, I'm doing my, my, my math's off now. Uh, but no, like I don't know how many seconds it is, you know, 10, 20 seconds. See, I think I'm it's Marty. 20 slides, 20 seconds. 20, seconds, 20, yes, 20, 20 slides, 20 seconds. The point is, it's a, a set number of slides and they move whether you want them to or not, <laughs> you know, after like 20 seconds or whatever, the next slide comes up. And I think that sounds right because 20 seconds. Yeah, maybe something like that. Um, but the point is what you're trying to do is get across a really important nugget of information in a very short amount of time. And so you may have seen people do these and call them Ignite Talks before, uh, probably other names that get used for that. Um, and they are um, always meant to be something, you know, inspiring and, you know, thought provoking in that five minutes that you can squeeze into there. Uh, so, yeah, we've been having those at uh, OETC for, for quite a few years, and it'd be interesting to see uh, how we can do that um, virtually this year. Excited. Very good. Excellent. All right. Well, guys, we're going to move into the main portion of our uh of our meeting today, which is the what's new in, uh, see, I got to change it. It's not G Suite for Education. Time to give up. Here we go. Google Workspace. You gotta and while make you're making happen. that correction, um, Toby also corrected <laughs> us. It was 20 slides in 15 seconds. Yeah, see, and I was a math so, teacher. Oh, yeah. I just, oh. <laughs> no, I just have, have right. <laughs> I, I, I have so much, I have so much anxiety associated with the Fred Talks. I love them. I do them every year and they're my favorite thing, but I have so much anxiety. Yeah, <laughs> and Andy said up. that's not a problem for us fast talkers. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> um all right. So we're gonna take a look at what's new. Uh nothing, nothing really happened this month, did it? 
Seven, I don't think Google's kind no, of quiet, not at all. weren't they? It was a pretty <laughs> slow, slow month. No, so this was the big month for Google to release new information. And so I've broken up our what's new into two sections, and we're probably not going to, we may not even look at this first part, the general updates. If we have time, we'll go back. And these are just kind of general things that Google released over this month in their blog posts. The big thing was they had the Learning with Google event. So, um, a couple of weeks ago now, uh, Google had their big Learning with Google event, which is sort of like a virtual version of what they would have done if other conferences, like I think normally um, the one in England, um, Abbott probably knows what it is. Is, is it like BET bet. or something like that? Bet, the bet one. Mm -hmm. I think normally that's around maybe this time. And, and so they'll, they would have like massive announcements at something like that. But in place of being able to do that, they said, well, we're gonna do this big virtual learning with Google day and we're going to announce a whole bunch of things. And they did, they announced a lot of stuff. So what we've tried to do is a couple things. First of all, here's a link to the live stream. If you missed it, you can still watch it. It's like a, an hour and a half or so, you know, so you can watch it and scroll through it and stuff. But then what we've done is we've taken everything they shared as best as possible here. And I'm sure I missed something here or there. I've tried to detail everything that came up in that learning with Google event. We're not going to go through all of it. <laughs> that, would, that would take the same amount of time as you might as well just watch the learning with Google event. What we're going to do is we're going to go through each of the main sections. And what we're going to do is give you the gist and then basically just chat about that. And so, you know, I'm going to ask Stephanie and, and Mike, feel free to chime in on each one of these. Like when we talk about classroom updates, when we talk about the meet updates, what's one that you really got excited about? You know, so we'll just pick a couple out of there and share. And what I'm going to ask is for folks in the, in the chat, please let us know. Is there something that you really got excited about when they announced it? Or was there something you still have a question on? You'd really like some clarification on some of these things. That would be fine. So that's our plan. We're going to run through these. Um, when we get done with that, we'll move into the rest of our, uh, of our meeting, including uh, our, our show and tell section. And Mike will be sharing some awesome stuff with us. And then we'll do our show and and Q&A after that. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, and so the first thing that um, Google announced was in addition to the name officially becoming Workspace for Education is that they were changing the tiers, the options that we have for schools getting the Google Workspace uh, suite of tools and that there would now be four tiers. Now, to try to make this as simple as possible, because again, we're just gonna to try to do a quick little elevator pitch for each one of these, and then we can dive in deeper. Here's the idea. We have had for quite a few years, two tiers. We've had free and we've had enterprise. So that's been, I don't know, five, six years or so, six years ago, I think we got enterprise. So we've had two tiers. This isn't that big of a change. At first, when I saw this, it looked a bit bigger. It's not really that massive of a change. Here's basically what has happened. What used to be free G Suite for Education, they're now calling Google Workspace for Education Fundamentals. So basically, the free version, it's still free. Nothing is changing there. They're not taking anything away. They're not charging anything for it. Absolutely no. Well, okay, there are changes to other things. So I don't want to make such a broad statement. What I'm saying is this is what was free 
G Suite. They're just calling it fundamentals. And then enterprise, if you paid for enterprise, that's actually the fourth tier. That's what they're calling Workspace for Education Plus. See, Google Plus is back, guys. You thought Google Plus was gone. It's back. Okay, I hope you all held on to your Google Plus profiles. Now, totally different Google Plus. Hopefully more success with this one. This is what used to be enterprise. So if you used enterprise, it's no, yeah, okay, yeah, some pricing changes and some stuff like that. But it's the same thing. This is just they're calling it Education Plus. But then what's this stuff in the middle? Well, what they did was they said, maybe everybody doesn't want enterprise, like everything enterprise. They want more than the free version, but they don't need everything in enterprise. And so they took enterprise and they split it up and they made two smaller tiers that are portions of it. There's a tier called education standard. This is everything from enterprise that was the, the security stuff, dynamic group management, security auditing features, all of those things, behind the scenes stuff that the administrators of your G Suite are more interested in. Then they made a tier called teaching and learning upgrade. This is everything from enterprise that the teachers get excited about. It's the extra features and meat like breakout rooms, Q&A polls, attendance, you know, that kind of stuff. It's the extra features in classroom like the originality reports being unlimited. All right. And so that's basically what's happened here is we still got free. We still have what used to be enterprise, but now enterprise has been also cut up into just the security features or just the instructional features. Now, on top of that, yeah, there's some pricing changes and you can see all of that there. They're charging for the, um, the, the enterprise standard or the education standard, which is the security stuff at $3 per student per year. You got to pay for your total student enrollment though. So it's not, you can't just sit do it like a hundred students. It's your whole student enrollment. For teaching and learning, they're doing it by teacher. So it's $4 per license per month. So $48 per year for a license for that, but you can buy as few or as many as you want. Or if you want the whole shebang, everything all together, then uh, Education Plus is back to student pricing. It's $5 per student per year, again, based on student enrollment, but it does include one staff license for each four students. So basically what you're getting for every $20 you spend on student licenses, you're getting a staff license for 20, as opposed to here where it's $48 a year um, for teaching and learning. You're getting all of the teaching and learning things and the security as well. The, the caveat is you have to buy for your entire student enrollment. So you have to buy for you know, the, whole, the whole school district, but then you get all those teacher licenses. Okay, so I don't know, Stephanie, Mike, what are your thoughts on this? Um, did you see questions popping up in the chat? Do you have questions? Do you have thoughts? What do you think? So we currently have enterprise. Um, so we'll probably move to the educational plus, but there was a concern. A couple of people in the chat are feeling stressed about this decision um, and just wondering how can they convince their district to upgrade? Any tips, suggestions on those key points to talk about with districts? Well, so I think one thing that's different about this is when people talk about upgrading, I'm assuming they're most attracted to the instruction tools. That's probably, I don't know there's a lot of teachers out there who are necessarily as concerned about the security features, behind the scenes, group management, things like that. That's good stuff. 
but they're probably interested in the instructional upgrades. What's cool about this is you now can buy one license if you want. You can buy 10 licenses if you want. You can pilot this. You can say, okay, I'm going to take, you know, 25 of our teachers and we're going to spend, you know, $48 a year, you know, okay. And we're going to buy the upgrade for just this pilot group of teachers. And they can really then find out, okay, what is the educational benefit? Because it used to be you could buy a percentage, but it was 15% um, of your FTE. Um, so Google has a website where they would calculate that and you would take 15%. And so that's what you, that's the least amount you could buy. That may not be much different, you know, maybe that's still what you want anyway, but the point is for some larger districts, that was still quite a substantial investment. So now you could buy five teaching and learning upgrades and just run it as a pilot. That might be something a school would be willing to do to say, okay, well, let's take it for a spin and really see, is it worth having the breakout rooms? Is it worth having permanent recordings? Is it worth having unlimited originality reports? And um, I believe Abbott just sent it to me. Um, Apps events, they created a pricing um, calculator. I'm going to put it above the where you're highlighted at, That's Eric. Okay. Yeah, I don't so, know who, who highlighted that. That's okay, whoever did. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah. it's above that area. That's <laughs> wonderful. I'm so I'm so going to hyperlink it in there. If you want to throw it into the chat, that'd be awesome. But you just click it, and it's a Google Sheet. And you can write in your number of staff, your number of students, and then it will calculate it all out for you. Um, so just it. go ahead and file, make a copy. They did US. Um, they did all the different uh, currencies that we have. It looks like there's three different ones at the bottom. So you can go to your yeah. place, which most of us are in the United States. Sorry, Abid. Um, and then you can just see how much it's going to cost for your organization. So I love that they did this because then it makes it easier to compare what yeah. you need and oh, that's what. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So it's such a good it. resource. Love it. Love it. Love it. That is, that is very helpful. Um, and yes, I mean, that it is more complicated with all the different tiers, but at the same time, it's, I know Google's trying to make it more granular at the risk of being more complicated, they're trying to say, you don't have to go all the way to enterprise. You can just do some teaching and learning, and then you can do the security if you want, or you can mix and match. They're trying to give some options there, maybe for people to ease into it. Now, we're also enterprise um, at uh, the county office where I work, and my understanding is they are going to honor um, for, I think we have a three-year price lock. If you bought Enterprise any time in the last, you know, recent time here, um, I believe there was a three-year price lock included with it. So I think, you know, our contracts are good for at least three years on that. Um, having said that, you know, it may be cheaper to, you know, run through that pricing calculator and go, well, actually, I, I don't think we need, you know, all that we bought before. So that's wonderful to have that. Right. Um, so what other, any other questions, comments before we move on, on the big change to the tiered approach here? I'm trying to look through the comments. And if not, that's okay. Um, I did see Brenda said, how does Google's originality report compare to yeah. something like Turnitin? Um, 
I have used originality reports. It's been forever since I've used Turnitin. So I cannot give a fair comparison to the two. I can say that the originality reports I've been impressed with, basically, you know, they are taking what a student has written and comparing it against billions of web pages out there to try to see if there's something that has been directly quoted, you know, plagiarized or needs to be cited. And they're adding the feature to do in intra inside of your district uh, comparisons. So you can compare a student to other student writings, maybe from years gone by, you know, uh, as maybe a, um, a sibling, you know, might give another sibling, you know, a, a paper that they've written, for example. Um, but I don't know if somebody in the chat uh, does have more experience with Turnitin to do a comparison. Um, I don't, I don't know. I know I was impressed with it many, many, many years ago, probably a decade ago when, when I had played around with it, but not sure now. There is a question. Um, would you say that enterprise would equal the new plus? Like, would you say that would be a good comparison? So, yeah, so correct. So education plus, as far as functionality, yes, this is absolutely just a new name. Education plus is enterprise. Does it equal it though from a cost perspective? Not necessarily. It's going to depend upon the size of your staff and the size of your student population. Because the way it used to be is enterprise was sold by staff license, and then you got student licenses included with it. So you bought one staff license, you got 10 student licenses. They flipped it now. You buy student licenses, and now you get a staff license with it. So for every four students, you get a staff. So... I think it's probably for a lot of folks, potentially could be more expensive, potentially, but I don't know that it's a, uh, I, think, I think it's, in my case, I think it's gonna be cheaper for us, but we're a unique situation where we're kind of inverted. We have more staff than we have students because we're a county office, you know, um, and, but, um, what you're basically looking at is about $20 for a, staff license. Um, that is cheaper than you could do with enterprise. The best you could get was $24 when it was on sale. It was 48 list. But now you have to buy enough to cover your entire student enrollment. So the total cost may be higher, but the per staff member cost is only $20 a year, which is lower than it used to be. All right. Anything else on that? I think we'll go ahead and move on, but if something else pops up, that would be great if people have things to share. Um, and thank you, Stephanie, for keeping an eye on the chat. And if we miss something that's really critical, uh, please folks in the chat, feel free to, um, to state it again if, if we miss something. Or remember, you've got edit rights to this document. You can just come here and just hit the little comment button, add a comment on the side. Um, as well, if there's something that you want to comment, if we, if we missed something that's really important, please go yeah, ahead and, and throw that over. Yeah, and if we miss any of your questions, feel free to add that to the questionnaire as yeah. well. Or if you yeah. need help brainstorming um, how to convince your district, I'm sure people are willing to kind of brainstorm together what talking points or language you can use with your districts. I think we're ready to talk about All right. storage. Yeah, now <laughs> this, is, this is a change. Now, should not, fingers crossed, should not affect most people. Google's claiming that from their internal 
studies that 99% plus, you know, um, of districts will not be affected by this. Basically, they are no longer offering unlimited storage. It is going away, regardless of what you pay, regardless. Even if you do enterprise, you know, from free to all these different levels, that is going away. What they're going to do is give you a base of 100 terabytes of pooled storage for everybody in your organization. Now you can add to that if you buy teaching and learning licenses or education plus licenses, then you get additional gigabytes per license. And you say, why is that a different thing? Well, keep in mind, teaching and learning you're buying per teacher and education plus you're buying per student. So you're getting a bunch more education pluses. So it's a little bit of a smaller per license amount uh, because these would be kind of equivalent between teachers and, and students. Um, now, here's the thing. Is this going to be a problem? Well, that's that's to be seen, of course. But 100 terabytes is a lot of storage. That is a massive amount of storage. I did some, um, I went into my admin console and I ran some um, some reports to try to see who has the biggest, you know, storage and whatever. And I mean, we've got you know, 600 um, employees, 200 students, you know, I mean, we've got, you know, a, a, it's not anywhere compared to like a, a giant school district, but, you know, we weren't coming anywhere close to this being a concern at all. Um, supposedly, we're going to be getting the really nice tools to really drill down in and see, okay, how much are we really using and who's using it and what is it and do we have a problem? Because we have until next summer of 2022 to get our ducks in a row and get underneath this amount if we need to. Now, Google says you can buy more storage if you need. My guess is it would have to be, if there's a problem, it'd probably have to be video, I would imagine. I can't imagine. There's nothing that could possibly use up more space than video. That is the thing. Well, here's what happened. We've got YouTube, which you can put stuff on unlimited, but people got nervous sometimes about that. They're like, oh, I don't know if I want to put my video on YouTube. I'm going to put it in Google Drive. And I told people to do the same thing. I said, hey, it's unlimited. Throw your videos in Google Drive and then don't have to worry about ads and um, uh, comments and, you know, recommended videos and things like that. Maybe that could be the area. We might have to find things like, oh, boy, we need to start taking some of these videos and taking them out of drive and putting them on YouTube. And if so, maybe just making them unlisted videos. You know, they don't have to be public. As long as they're unlisted, people can still play them. Um, so that might be it. I don't know. What are your thoughts on all of that, Stephanie? Because I know originally that was something I remember you saying had been one of your negative reactions to this change. Yeah. I mean, just that safety of having unlimited data, you know, or unlimited storage makes you feel a little bit more comfortable when it comes to Google. Sure does. Um, and a lot of my teachers were throwing them into drive because they didn't feel safe on YouTube, but I think I'm going to have to do some training. And that's kind of where I've been thinking this past couple of weeks, like what training do I need to do to prepare my teachers for this? Also, yeah. you can set it up. So students might not get as much storage as your teachers. Like you can set up different areas and different people get different amount of storage. So that can also help. I'm also thinking about like 
spring cleaning? Like, what is that going to look like? Because a lot of times we don't clean out our drive. It just stays in there. So how many untitled documents do teachers have? Um, and then I'm wondering too, like I know in Google Photos, I love Google Photos and I'm really sad that they're also getting away from yep. uh, some of the storage. Um, yep. But they have a very nice way, like an AI that allows you to know like, this is clutter, you, sh you should probably delete this. And I'm wondering if Google will come up with something like that for Drive. So like this, you haven't opened in like three years, you could probably delete yeah. it, I don't know. <laughs> but it is nice because you can click your storage area and you can see how much storage you have and what's taking up the most. And most of mine is videos. Absolutely. Um, and then somebody asked in the chat yeah. if, Docs, sheets, and slides, they said it does not count against your storage limit. And I believe that changed in June. That that that, that has changed or mm -hmm. is changing. So that is correct. In the past, native Google files, slides, docs, sheets, forms, did not count toward the storage. That is no longer the case or is not going to be the case. Those will count, but they are a very small footprint unless you've been well, you can't embed videos in slides. You can only, they're, they're still linked. I know you say, no, they're in there. I can see them, but they're not. They're coming from somewhere else. So no, the actual slides, docs, sheets, whatever, that's insignificant. And even the thing of saying, man, I've got a thousand documents I haven't looked at. Honestly, that's probably, you know, one one thousandth of one video, you know, it's 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 such a small amount. So I think really it's going to be things like videos. Uh, somebody asked, would would meet recordings count against you? Yeah, because that would be a video that's going into your drive. I really think video, I mean, video killed the radio star, right? Isn't that how that goes? So I think video is also going to kill drive storage. And so we're going to have to um you're right. You're exactly right, Stephanie. We're going to have to do all of us work on education on uh, what to do with our videos, that if Drive ends up not being the place to put them, how to put them on YouTube, how to make them unlisted, but then also things to help set when students need to view that. Well, I mean, if you've got the video embedded from YouTube into classroom or into a slideshow. It's just gonna be the video. Yeah, they can click the little YouTube button and go out to YouTube, but you know, you don't have to send them to the YouTube page to begin with. You can still just embed the video in there um, from YouTube. Um, and it may be things about learning how to use some of those tricks to, you know, play a YouTube video without all the stuff around it using, you know, ViewPure and all those different sort of things, so. Yeah. and. Um, I'm working on a couple presentations because I have to prepare. That's like my mindset. Um, so yeah. if anyone wants to collaborate with me, I'm trying to think of like a YouTube one. And then I also want to talk about copywriting because uh, some of my teachers, they, they might use some copyrighted material and in Drive, it doesn't, doesn't catch it. However, as soon as they upload their videos to YouTube, it, it could catch it. And then it's going to count as a block against them, especially Ooh, like... Yes. Um, uh, our performing arts teachers, our music teachers. I, I'm a little worried about those folks. So if anyone wants to help me with those two pre uh, presentations for teachers, let me know. We can either co-teach on Global's channel oh. or we can, yeah, I'm just kind of worried about that because I do have some teachers that are, they're performing arts. Uh, so they save their videos to drive. 
That and is then there really was a, interesting. Yeah. Somebody in the um, chat, they said, make your videos private then. Um, if it's private, nobody else can view it, but for yourself. So you would have to make that unlisted. And I think that's what right. makes teachers very nervous because in drive, you can change it. So anybody in your organization can view, or you can add people. Um, so I think we're going to have to work on that too, of making sure it's unlisted. If you want your students or whoever has the link to view it, but private right. only you will be able to view it. So that could cause some issues too, if teachers don't understand those different permissions. Right. Um, I did see um, somebody asked if they think these storage limits would apply to Google Vault. I do not have an official answer at all on that. This is completely just my guess on this. But no, I don't think these storage limits could apply to Vault um, because the idea behind Vault is that is meant to be the backup of everything, even things that get deleted for a public records request. If somebody says we need the emails or we need, you know, this information, um, Vault has those things backed up even if you've deleted them. So, I mean, you could go through and clean up everybody's drive and delete everything and think you're doing wonderful. Well, Vault's still going to have a copy of those things. And so if, if Vault fell into this, that's not logical. I don't understand how Vault could have this limitation on it. I don't think that's possible. I think we're just talking about our live drive files. Yeah, and Brenda in the chat too, she's saying like purging senior accounts after this many days, um, you know, just so you can get rid of some of their storage. And then yeah. Mike, I know you're backstage, so I don't know, are you comfortable to talk about why you're going to change the Screencastify to Loom? Sure. Yeah. So I, I use like my Screencastify, I hate to type email. So I do quite a bit of recording and responding to people and showing screencast that way. Um, and that, I mean, my, I, I look at my Screencastify folder every now and then on my drive and it, it's unbelievable. So, you know, if, if that's going to cap my storage, if that's going to impact it, it's, I've used Loom in the past and the competitive part of me when at the end of the school year last year, we got the rankings on, what number you were of uses of Screencastify in your district. And when I finished third, I was disappointed. So I went away from Loom <laughs> to Screencastify and now I might head back to Loom. Or the other thing I was thinking is Flipgrid too. Like you just make the Flipgrids just within your domains, I guess you could do to get away from things. But Loom's always a simple one. Is yeah. Loom store not in Drive then? No, it's their own. I believe it stores on their own site. That's oh, okay. like you can go to my Loom, I think is the, the site it's on. All right. Yeah. And then Mike, um, he has a question. Will they allow accounts to continue using our EDU accounts to continue using YouTube for uploading videos? I would assume yes, because yeah. they make money off of YouTube, but not for sure. I can't imagine why that would change. I, 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 no, I, I can't imagine why that would change. Yeah. And I think we got through all the storage questions. All right. Good stuff. Well, hey, um, now, keep in mind, the person who said um, having the seniors or the graduating students having their accounts deleted, absolutely great idea. Um, keep in mind, there are great tools that Google has provided for graduating seniors or really anybody who's leaving an educational in institution to transfer their files. And it's not the normal Google takeout. Um, I do have um, on Control-Alt-Achieve, I did at some point 
you know, uh, something about that. I, I don't know that I'll be able to find it at this point. Uh, if I just do like graduating or something, who knows, maybe I'll get lucky. No, that's an old one. No, I probably won't find it that fast. Oh, yep, you can take it with you. How about that? So here is, um, and I can throw this somewhere um, in here as well. Um, this talks about Google Takeout for schools. That is not the same as regular Google Takeout. It's something else. And basically what it does is it allows anybody from an EDU account to literally transfer everything, their emails, their drive files, whatever, to any other Google account they want. It can be a personal Google account. It can be another EDU account, but boom, they can move everything. And it's simple, it's easy, it's free. And so that's something we would definitely want, you know, in the last few months of a school year to be telling the seniors, listen, you know, here's all you got to do. Just boom, go here and, you know, go to this takeout for schools and you can just move all your stuff over because on June 30th, we're deleting all your stuff, you know, and you can kind of let them know that. So uh, that's, that's an important thing as well. All right. Well, let's get into some fun things. How about some happy stuff? So (laughs) we are not going to go through every bullet here. We're just going to say what excited you. So what about classroom updates? Stephanie, Michael, what jumped out at you? What did you get excited about with classroom updates? I'm excited for rich text for uh, the rich text formatting. So you can add bold italics and underline bullets. Yeah, that's nice. Um, That's been probably the biggest request for a long time. Um, do you think we'll get stuff like that in forms? Eventually? I know. I was wondering that too. Um, I mean, if they're doing I, it there, right? And changing, like, I don't understand how hard it is just to change the font. Now I'm not a coder, so <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot that takes to it, but um, I think it's really going to help all students when it comes to just being able to have those bullet points. Cause I know teachers are using, you know, emojis or whatever to do that right now. Being as creative as we can be. Yeah. I think they still will, but it will be nice to bold and italics, different things. All right. Yeah. I like that one. And then the other one, not necessarily, I I just, the Google forms thing jumped to my mind is the idea that now that you can save it as a draft to come back to it. Cause I know a lot of teachers are on here. Forms is like a test or an essay. And uh, that was always something I know there's add-ons and stuff in the past, but this is pretty cool. Right. So yeah, um, that's in our next section here, but we'll, we'll mention it. We'll come back to classroom here. Yes. Thank you, Mike. Uh, saving progress in group in Google forms. Um, that is phenomenal that I don't know how many times we get asked that question. A student has started a quiz and they can't finish it right now. Do what, what do we do? You know, well, nothing, you're, 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 you're stuck because you can't submit it without completing all the required questions and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So there's a beta you can use to sign up for right now and say, Hey, I want to join the beta for this. Um, it's not that you'll get a lot <laughs> of a, of a lead on this. It sounds like this is going to be launching pretty soon anyway, but you'll probably get like a month or a month and a half early access to it by signing up for the beta. But this is supposed to be out here in the next few months anyway. Um, But how nice. So yes, when you're taking, when you're filling out a Google form, you'll be able to save as a draft for up to 30 days. I'm guessing there's going to be a setting in the form, just like, you know, where you say collect email address, or you must be a member of the domain. I bet there's going to be a switch that says allow draft mode, because I would imagine some folks would be like, oh, no, I don't want that on this particular quiz. You've got to finish it right now. So it's probably going to be a switch, but nice to have that. Um, All right. 
other thoughts on that or other things, anything else in classroom that you're like, I, this was, I liked this. This was a pretty neat thing. And if not, that's fine. I'm interested to see, it was like adding apps. I'm trying to find it on the add-ons. So much. The yes. very first thing, yeah, the add-ons basically saying that instead of you having to go out to a third-party tool and, you know, create an assignment in there and then copy a link and come back to Classroom, that you'd be able to assign things directly from those tools in Classroom, but not just assign them, but actually the grades would like pass from that tool into Classroom as well. So like really deep integration between those. Mm-hmm. That's nice. And there was something on the trainer forum about getting early access to some of these features. And it was asking about different apps. And I was like, oh, this could be really cool. Because <laughs> I yeah. think like one of them was like Edpuzzle and different yeah. stuff like that. There you go. I'd say things besides that that jumped out. I like the student engagement tracking. We've heard about this for probably six months. They've been talking about this coming, but I'm interested to see that. Uh, give us another way to see how, do we have some students that are falling off the radar? Do we have some students mm-hmm. that are not engaging, especially with remote learning? How helpful would it be able to see student interaction statistics in classroom? So I'm glad to see that. And I know this is just for the Android app, but I'm sure it'll come to iOS app as well. The ability to, we've always had the ability with iOS and Android to take pictures of things and submit them through Classroom. But the fact that they're saying you can take multiple pictures, combine them together and attach them all in. So just trying to, again, support students that are maybe learning remotely and need to take pictures of their product that they've created and submit it. And the offline function for Classroom. Yeah, if they lose, yeah, connectivity. Yeah. Um, so drive, why don't we jump into that? Unless you guys see something else, just holler at me. I mean, if uh, you've got Jamboard, something. I thought was huge too, adding that yeah. revision history. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, in the Google, the general Google Drive tools, we mentioned Google Forms with the draft saving. So yeah, what's going on with Jamboard there? So there was a shortcut. Um, I forget what the shortcut even was, but it stopped working and Jamboard will actually be having that revision history into Jamboard And I didn't realize how much of a concern it was until I met with my IT guy and he was like, "Uh, Jamboard shouldn't be on. There's no revision history. So if someone does something and, um, and, you know, law enforcement comes in, we have no record. Right. Um, So I'm really excited to hear that after that conversation with him. That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, whether it's malicious, whether it's accidental, once we have students working together in something, <clears throat> things are going to happen. Being able to, in Google Slides, go back and Docs go back and say, well, we can see who did what. Um, we've taken that for granted. That's so nice that we'll have that in Jamboard. Anybody who's had some reservations about it, hopefully that will help. I don't know if any of you guys got excited about the citation tool update, but just for clarification, this is not a new tool. It's a new function in the tool. We've had the citation tool for a while. So like if I go up to tools and citations, it's been there, but it was, (laughs) uh, it was a citation tool, but it was like the most bare bones citation tool like you've ever seen. Because if you go into the citation tool as it's been, you still had to fill in 
every single thing, you know, the author and the date and the thing. And yeah, it would format it for you, but you had to fill it all in. And you're like, you're Google, can't you find this stuff? <laughs> and so they're adding the search feature. So you'll be able to open up the, the citation tool, start filling in a couple of key things about the book or the website, and it'll be like, bloop, and it'll pull in all the other information for you. So yeah, it's about time. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, no, no, let's move on to the next one. Um, was there anything in the security features that anybody thought was interesting? There was, was one that I thought approvals. was kind of cool. That's, that was the yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, that seemed kind of neat that you'll be able to take a, a document and run it through an approval process, whether it's a slideshow or a, a, doc, a, a, a docs file, uh, and say these people have to check off on it before it gets approved. That's nice. Yeah, I'm excited about that because that will help my personality. Like, have they even looked at it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I am in so much trouble now. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, I would say probably the next one was the was the really large amount of updates with, with Google Meet. Almost every bullet here is pretty exciting. So what do you guys think? What were some things in the Google Meet updates that really jazzed you? As a parent, because um, my I have my my two my second grader and fifth grader are virtual right now. I think the mute all for the elementary school teachers is totally game changing. Because God bless those elementary school teachers right now. <laughs> that that was my biggest one. Yeah, and it has rolled out. I mean, it is rolling out. So if you're on a rapid release, it's it's rolling out right now. The standard release maybe a little bit later. I've got it on my domain now. So when I go in and I exit a meet. It asks if I want to just leave myself or if I want to end it for everybody. And one of the key things with that is that when you end it that way, no matter what, people cannot get back into the meet afterwards without you uh, going back into it. So that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, I'm also excited for the end meetings for all. Um, and it was funny because I forget who was, I was talking to someone and they were like, you hang up. No, you hang, like, it's that back to the, you know, nineties, like where yeah. we're like, no, you hang up on the phone. I'm not going to hang up first. Uh, so you can just end it for everybody. Yeah, those are great. <laughs> those are, those are great. I don't know. Anything else here? So we got ending meetings. We got muting all the participants. The those mobile are... app, the mobile apps, getting the moderator controls, I think is big too. Cause I know a lot of times, like, you know, you multiple devices and trying to just having the ability to run it from your iPad as you're walking around, maybe like that. that makes a lot of sense mm -hmm. yeah yeah and scheduling um the breakout rooms in google classroom or not google classroom google calendar ahead calendar. of time i think that's yes. going to be helpful too because that, so many teachers were like yeah. i want to know ahead of time i don't want yeah, to like because that wastes transition time mm -hmm. now i don't know if we'll get features outside of Google Calendar to, to do that eventually, but um, at least for now, that'll be that'll be really nice. Um, let's see what else jumped out with Google Meet here. Um, De Deborah in the chat just put something about the bandwidth adjustment, which is we're the same way. We're a pretty rural district where we are, and there's a lot of times where it's just my own, my own sons had struggle with it. I think that was okay. Will automatically kind of filter things or change things. That's great. Um, I did like how they are adding meeting transcripts. Now this is just for the paid version. Um, so it's kind of like breakout room sort of thing. If you um, don't have that, um, there are some, 
still some really good tools for that. One of the other blog posts I had done recently um, was on um, the uh, the meat transcript extension that basically does that for you. Um, but it'll be built in now as well so that when a meeting is over, you get a transcript of everything that was said in the meeting and you can review it, you can share it with the students. Um, very nice. That and I like the emoji reactions in me. Um, so we're getting a couple more yeah. hearts and smiley faces and all of that. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. So I don't know, anybody else, if you have anything that you got excited about, let us know. But yeah, I think we've hit a lot of those ending meetings for everybody, muting everybody, um, the mobile moderation controls. Um, let's see. Oh, we missed co-moderators. Yeah, that's a big one. They're saying that um, um, at first, just meetings that start with classroom, um, that anybody who is a teacher, a co-teacher in that classroom is going to become a, uh, a meeting host, which means co-hosts. More than one person will be able to have the host controls. And then later on, they said all meetings, even those not started in classroom, will support multiple hosts. That's got to be such an important feature that we have, because if you're trying to run, uh, you know, a meet and give instruction, you can't necessarily be monitoring all those other things that need to be monitored at the same time. And maybe you have no choice. It is just you. But to be able to have somebody else who can be a, a co-moderator in there with you, especially for a, a large one, or you think about what if you want to use Meet for, you know, professional development, you know, having somebody who can, you know, co-moderate can be really helpful there. That's awesome. All right. Very good. Well, let's see what we have left here. We're getting close to the end of this massive list of things. Um, Chromebook updates. Anything in there jump out to you guys? I think um, the screen probably, recording. I think that got people's attention a lot, wasn't it? The screen recording tool. But I think it was announced before. It, it was, and actually, <laughs> it is. Uh, it is available in beta right now. I do have. I've already used it on my Chromebook. I I put my Chromebook in the beta channel at some point. You know some time ago, just so I could try out new features. Um, for what it's worth, it is very basic right now. They made it sound like it's going to develop quite a lot more. Um, right now, it literally is screen recording. I mean, that's it. It's not editing. It's nothing fancy. Like, I mean, this is, there is no threat from this <laughs> toward like, you know, Loom or Screencastify or things like that. But the video, um, they talked about doing more with it than just that. And really, they even talked about using AI to help in the editing of the video or pulling out, you know, transcripts from it, things like that. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Right now, it's serviceable, but I certainly would be grabbing Screencastify or something else at the moment. And by the way, um, because it was an hour and a half long thing, I tried to pull out little video clips for most of these. So if you just wanna watch these also, instead of watching the entire thing, I tried to just grab the spot from the video that dealt with those things. And so you can also 
do that uh, little video clip to get some uh, info on these. Um, I think this one, I don't know a lot about, but man, people got excited about the idea of how Family Link is extending to workspace for education. And, the, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but here's the gist. If a family wants to put limits on what their child's allowed to do, but the child has a school account on a school Chromebook and the, the, the family feels like they can't impose limits on it, this is allowing that to happen. It's allowing the family link tool that Google has built and has been around for years to now allow you to add the, the child's school account within family link so that parental controls can be applied while the child's at home using a school account. And I know a lot of people got really excited about that. All right. Yeah, there's a couple questions in the chat that might be a good stopping point. Yeah, and I think this bit. is, yeah, this is pretty much it. There was some, you know, obviously we love accessibility updates. Um, none of these are like new. They did more job. It's a really nice video clip. Uh, Laura, who's their head of accessibility, does a fantastic job explaining all these new things that have rolled out recently. There weren't really any new I don't think any new announcements there as much as just summarizing all the awesome accessibility stuff they've done. So yeah, Stephanie, what have we come up with? Um, so we have, does anyone know more about the Chrome app hub they talked about? Um, no, I mean, that's been around for a while though, hasn't yeah. it? That's not a new I thing. I think maybe what they said- coming. No, I think what they said was they were adding or had added or they were highlighting um, that for any app that was in the Chrome app hub, it would have full disclosure about all of the um, like, you know, um, COPPA and FERPA and all those sort of things that I think they were emphasizing that, that if there was any concerns about security and, you know, age appropriateness and all those things, I think I remember the video highlighting that as something in the Chromebook app hub. And then Dan was asking, did they mention any time limits for the screen recording on the Chromebooks? No, um, I think it would only be the limit of your internal storage. It uh, saves by default straight to your um, internal storage. Um, and then you can move it from the internal storage over to your drive or whatever. But no, I didn't see any kind of limitation on when, when I tried it out. It, it was, yeah, some limited. And it sounds store. like you just answered John's question where he asked where will the videos be stored? Yep. Yeah, so that's on my, it went straight to my internal storage. Okay. I did not see an option to choose my drive. It went right to the internal storage and then I could drive, drag it over if I wanted to. Um, Abbott said with that, um, I think with the Chrome web or app store, he was saying that you would have a chance to buy more through their partners. That may have been part of it too. Yeah, I know. Boy, there was an awful lot being shared. All right. I think we got it all. All right, guys. And that's good. That brings us up to about two o'clock, which is, you know, we wanted to kind of keep that in that realm so we can still do show and tell and Q&A and get to more fun stuff as well. Um, but I don't know, uh, Mike, Stephanie, anything else on the updates that um, you wanted to mention? Anything? I don't know if there, I don't think there was really much in the general updates other than, you know, some really minor things. You guys can take a look at these um, if you want to explore 
some of those, but I think. Um, I like that you can check your video and all of that before joining a meet. Yeah, that's, that's nice. A little, 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 little mm-hmm. green room there to make sure that everything's working properly before you jump in. Yeah. yeah. And it, your comments, if there's a new comment that pops up, it's going to say new. <laughs> so yeah. that might just be yeah. enough to. Those are nice. Those are that. all nice. But I think we features. covered everything else. Or Sounds good. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, let's move on. And if, and if other questions come up, we can circle back around with whatever time we have left. But we want to uh, move on to our uh, show and tell section. We do have a Q&A section too. And we always kind of keep that for the end just because um, there's so much in there. We can't always get through all of it. And so we get through as much as we can at the end. So we will come back around to that. Please throw any questions you have in there. If you have answers to things, please throw those in as well. Um, But let's move on to show and tell. And we're going to start with Mike. And um, basically, this is a time where we just share cool things, whether it's, you know, a project we've done, a tool we've come across, um, you know, some new awesome blog post, you know, that that we've discovered, uh, things like that. Um, And so um, this month, though, we've got Mike. um, And Mike, would you like to have the ability to share your screen for Uh this? Yeah, could I? That'd be- yes, because that's and no, normally that's the case. I usually give up the screen share, and so let me uh, let me stop my screen share, and then let me make sure that I give you guys the ability to do that. And so I am. Uh, I uh, okay. It should be good now. <laughs> All right. uh, so um, yep. Stephanie, you 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 booked Mike. Uh, did, did you want to do any uh, transition uh, over to Mike? Yeah, Mike is awesome. He's really involved with the GEG Ohio community, even though he's not really an Ohioan. Um, but he still likes Michigan better than Ohio, I'm pretty sure, right? Uh, well, uh, uh, I, I have, we'll see. I'm, I'm torn. <laughs> but yeah, Mike is a great person um, to collaborate with. He's always willing to share and give credit where credit is due. And he has a podcast too. Um, so feel free um, to share that as well and how people can connect with you and go ahead, Mike. All right. So thank you. Um, I appreciate it. So uh, when, when Stephanie asked me to do this, I immediately jumped at it and said like, yeah, this is great. And then she said, what do you want to talk about? And I was like, oh my God, what do I want to talk about? And, you know, I, I felt like, well, maybe I'll talk about like the tips and the tricks of things that, that helped me with technology, but then that'd be like trying to out Eric Kurtz right after following Eric Kurtz and you can't do that. And then I went to like, I like edge of protocols quite a bit. So I've been doing a lot of that with my people in my building, but like outside of John Carippo, I think Stephanie might be the, the foremost expert on edge of protocols. So I was like, maybe I try and do my own thing. And it's, I don't know, I guess what I bring to this is that I'm just some normal average guy from Pottstown and just connecting with people. So I came up with this whole idea of getting muddy with me. And it's, and my wife was like, that sounds really weird. I said, I'll come back to it and I'll explain it later. Um, but it's all about connection and, and connecting with people to grow um, from your community. And I, present company excluded, I'm, my, my favorite Ohioan is, is Jim Sturdivant. And I'm a big Jim Sturdivant disciple. So I'll talk about him quite a bit. And he's the one who got me started on this whole like connection key. Uh, so this is ironically enough, like that Fred, I guess this is my version of a Fred talk. Um, so I apologize. It's, I'm not going to make it in under five minutes, but we'll, I'll try my best to go quick. I am a fast talker. Um, so by now, I'm sure you've probably seen this whole meme online, right? Where it's the, the Spirit Day elementary school teacher versus the high school teacher on Spirit Day. And, and I, 
I said that this is, I don't really truly believe this meme because I live with that elementary school teacher, but she teaches high school. Um, that's my wife on all her spirit days in the high school. She teaches high school math, calculus, and IB program. And she is one of the oddest people when it comes to dressing up for spirit days. And she's the reason why I continually get these random updates on my phone about what weird lay or earrings are, are delivered to my doorstep on Amazon. Uh, but it makes me think about like when I was a kid, it wasn't Amazon, it was the wish book, right? This was my favorite day of fall, you know, November, whenever the wish book came around before Amazon, I can remember, you know, folding over the corner of the, the that wish book or the toys I wanted circling it uh, to create my own Christmas list. Well, then I started thinking about how, you know, kids today, they don't even know what a written list might look like. That's my two sons, the one to the right, Michael, um, about a week ago, I heard him talking to the Alexa in our living room and he was giving the Alexa his birthday list. They don't even write down their own birthday list that we, you know, we have so far changed from the wish book. Um, ironically enough, the little guy on the left with a devilish smile, that's gray. As soon as Michael left the room, he started adding things to Michael's birthday list, like new socks, underwear. And I think his last one was hot girlfriends for his brother. So, you know, kids, it's, it's definitely a different society, right? I can remember getting my first boom box um, and being, you know, excited to call in my, my favorite radio station, Y102 in Reading, PA, to request my favorite, probably Poison song, if I remember correctly, and waiting to hit record to get my, that, that song I wanted, right? But no longer is that like that. And while you guys were in the, the Ohio Educational Conference, the, the OETC, we were having our PETNC, Pete, our the Pennsylvania Educational Conference, the Expo Convention. And I saw this presentation by these two guys, Jared Mader and Ben Smith, and it was phenomenal. Um, I really, I joined it out of like, I didn't know what else to do. And it was consumerism. It was all about consumerism today, right? And, and it just made me really start to think, you know, we can customize everything we do today, right? I can, I can customize my Dunkin' Donuts order through an app. I can order almost any kind of food to get delivered at almost any time. I can see how many stops away, whatever I ordered is on my Amazon app. My kids can pull up any song at any given time with Spotify. And I can order way too much coffee with my Starbucks app, as you can see. Right. They talked about us being this dashboard society where we expect everything and have all this information right away. And, and they had this great question at the end of their session. And it was when everything's changing for consumers, what will they expect to see in school? And I loved it. Like the whole idea that services are being redefined, right? Things are adaptable, they're personalized, they're on demand and they're automatic today. And we need to remember that schools aren't a vacuum, right? These people are coming with the same expectations they have for their outside life with us as teachers. Right, so by this point, you probably are feeling a little stressed and overwhelmed uh, if you haven't been already and wondering, like, how do you do this? How do you meet all the needs of all the people, you know, your parents, your students, your administrators? Um, and I hate to tell you, I don't have that answer, um, but I know that more than anything, like connection is key right now, right? And that's where I wanted to kind of go in two places here with, you've got to connect with your students and you've got to connect with each other. Um, and that's where my whole, the, the Jim Sturdivant thing, this, I read this book by Jim years ago, this, you got to connect. Um, and he's a major reason I'm here today that started me connecting with other educators. Um, I found Jim by reading some of the hack learning books and blogs and then listening to his podcast. And I, I really reached out to him one day, just on like a, just said, Hey, I really like this. And next thing I know, he said, want to be on my podcast. And from there, I kind of started to think about like, wait a second, these famous teachers, these famous educators, like maybe they are just kind of normal like me. 
So my push for you will be today, my hope is that you get a little ideas and ways and feel inspired and motivated to connect with A, your students and B, other educators. So I started thinking about like, who, who do we teach today? And, and I think we all agree, most important things we need to know to connect with our students is we need to understand who they are. But like try defining this generation, right? Try and explain to somebody who doesn't teach what these kids are like today. I, I'm reminded of the Ken Robinson when he talked about you want to end a dinner party conversation, just tell them you're a teacher, right? That's the same thing. These kids like, oh, what people will have to, what are these kids today? So try and explain Generation Z or Gen Alpha or whoever it is you might teach. Um, and it's pretty darn daunting, but also exciting at the same time if you think about our kids. A few years ago, I read this book and, and I have a link to it in, in the bottom of my, the, the notes down here. And it's, it's called Marching Off the Map by Andrew McPeak and Tim Elmore. And it's something that totally changed the way I looked at things. I absolutely loved it. Um, and they, they describe today's culture and their youth and how we can go about really meeting them and educating them um, as best as, as we can. Um, and I have, there's one quote, I wanna read a quote from it, page 206 on the book. They said, we're not the American culture that first settled this land. Things are now convenient, quick and easy, like fast food, McRibs, McMuffin, McNuggets, and now McCulture. He said, as I've said before, we live in a culture that is superficial, we value looks over books, self-absorbed, we put the self in selfie, and synthetic, we choose virtual over virtue. Right? So it's, it's just amazing to let us think about what, what our culture is like today. And you know, this isn't just, I don't think, just only in America, although it could be uniquely American at some point. But they're not just like doom and gloom about the, the people we're teaching today. They also had a great one, which, which is kind of, it's awesome in the, in the sense of you realize what kind of responsibility you have where they talked about how child, childhood is shortening, right? Our kids are growing up really fast. They're seeing things and doing things and experiencing things quicker and earlier than we've ever had before. But at the same time, we're, we're extending childishness where maybe our kids aren't getting the skills that they, those lifetime skills, those timeless skills to, to really be able to handle these things, right? So it sounds like they're, they're saying like, oh my gosh, woe is me, we're in trouble, but that's not it at all, really. They're just, they want us to understand who we, can, who we are teaching so we can really meet their needs. And they talk about defining characteristics of the people we teach today, these generations, and I love it. They talk about being realistic. They talk about being private, which, you know, for me, I was like, no way, this is not a, you know, they post everything online. They're all, all over social media, but they have a very interesting take on what makes them pri private. They're multitasking, a generation of multitaskers. They're open-minded and hyper-aware, you know, ask your kids about social, um, you know, about social movements. It's unbelievable. They're overwhelmed. They're tech-reliant and they're entrepreneurial. And you can see up in the top right-hand corner, I have, it's the Brilla Boys YouTube channel. My two sons decided they wanted to start their own gaming channel because they knew that if they had a YouTube channel, they'll get sponsors and they'll be really rich eventually one day, right? So they're, start, they're striking out already. Um, it is low budget to say the least. It's pretty, it's, I love it though. It's, it's kind of cute to see this. I think there's three subscribers, me, my wife and their teacher, my one son's teacher from last year. Uh, but that's what the risks these kids are willing to take these days. So I, I would listen to this guy. I'm a huge podcast fan. I listened to this guy, Rick Alexander from his morning coffee podcast, which fair warning, he does have explicit language, so if that offends you, don't listen to him, but he's phenomenal otherwise. And, and what I think is like the really truly awesome part of our job is that each day we're creating some sort of legacy, right? Rick Alexander said this one time, he said that inspiration is non-negotiable. We're, we're constantly either being inspired in one form or another or inspiring people in one form or another. And we get to choose, you know, how are we going to inspire our students? 
right? Or, and better yet, do you know your students well enough? Do we know them well enough to, be, to inspire them in the way they need to be inspired? And that's where like two of my favorite people that I listen to quite a bit and follow come into play. And it's Jim Sturdivant there to the left and Dr. Catlin Tucker. Um, you know, my first plea, it's, it's all from Jim, it's, it's connect with the kids. And this is nothing new or groundbreaking, I get it. Um, but make sure you're taking the time to genuinely and authentically connect with your students as often as possible. And it's really hard right now. Um, you know, our current situation makes it virtually impossible. I get it. Um, but that's where, you know, Dr. Catlin Tucker, she's got some great tips and tricks and things that I'll talk about a little bit later on how you can, even at a distance, develop these connections. Um, I love another one from the book. Your true legacy lies in the line of young men and women who will enter the world with your words ringing in their ears. Uh, you know, the futures of our students' lives quite literally depend upon what we're doing now. Um, at, you know, by connecting with our students on a personal level and, and getting them, um, getting to know them so we can help them and teach them through it, not only with our content, but help impart those timeless skills, you know, that's key, that's key. Uh, so last month, last month, uh, I, I wanted to give at least one specific takeaway take you can do, right? Because everything's been so theoretical right now. Uh, Stephanie reached out, I applied to be a, a presenter at the Pickerington Innovation Conference. And I did like a five minute presentation on Google Forms. And, and I love Google Forms and Sheets. And I know many of you are thinking like, if you're talking about connecting with kids, like Google Forms and Sheets are like the most sterile of all Google um, tools, but uh, they're phenomenal. So I have a link in here. It's, it's also, I have it connected in the Wakelet earlier or late in the show, the, um, excuse me, the notes. But I also have a link in a bit.ly and a QR reader if you want to, where I give some specific tips on things you can do to use Google Forms and Sheets and custom formatting in your Sheets to, to really get a, a great sense of where your kids are, each of your kids, very quickly. Um, but, you know, I talked about Catlin Tucker earlier. You have to be intentional with your use of forms, and that's crucial. Um, time's valuable, right? Uh, so you can't waste it. So at that very same Pickerington Innovation Conference, Dr. Catlin Tucker, she talked about um, how you can better balance your home work life and how you can start to get your students thinking a little bit more than yourself, right? It's instead of how can I as a teacher, it's how can my students. I loved it. And it's like that old John Dewey idea where you don't learn from doing you learn from thinking about what you do, right? So there's some, some ideas, you know, really get time to give your students time to think and reflect and metacognitively think. And that's how you really get to know your students. So I have some tips in there on things you might be able to do a little bit later on. And again, how do we do all this? How do you effectively connect with your students and teach at the same time? Um, I'll be 100% honest, I have ideas, I have tips, but I know I don't have all those answers but I think collectively we do. And that's where I feel like as a profession, we have this tremendous amount of knowledge and insight and we can't do it alone. We need to connect with each other, which is kind of the second part, rather than just connecting with students, connecting with your people, with others. You know, I'm sure you've heard this idea of a connected educator. Um, and for me, it's, it's weird to say this, but I, I do consider myself to be a, a connected educator and it's far from natural because I am a incredibly socially awkward person. Um, we were talking in the hallway this morning about um, I, I'm a coffee drinker. I really am. And, and I said, I think half the time I have coffee, I drink coffee just so I have something in my hands, right? Even now I'm holding my pen. Um, I'm an introvert. Um, having striking up new conversations with people scares me. Uh, Stephanie can probably attest to this. I asked like seven questions because you could tell I was nervous about coming on today. But putting yourself out there, it's, it's worth it to connect with others around the country and even the world because it's drastically changed how I approach and view education. 
So my plea to you, outside of just reaching and connecting with your students, is also to connect with each other. Um, another podcast I listen to all the time is The Daily Stoic, and Ryan Holiday uh, is an author in the podcast. So there, he said, um, greatness should be put on display, and he's, he's so right. I think too often as teachers, though, we suffer from this imposter syndrome where we feel like, well, what do I have to offer? But I think we owe it to ourselves and to the students we teach to push past that imposter syndrome and, and give, right? Share what we have to offer because we have more to offer than we often think. Another podcast I listen to all the time, and I, my God, I listen to too many, I think, is uh, Finding Mastery with Michael Gervais up there in the right-hand corner. And Michael Gervais is a sports psychologist and he works with the Seattle Seahawks. And he had on... Um, Jill Ellis, which if you know um, women's U.S. soccer, Jill Ellis is like uh, uh, the coach. She's, she's amazing. She's the coach of the team right now, and she's phenomenal. And he had her on, and they were talking about, like, confidence. And, and Michael Gervais said his, his kind of role model once said to him, like, what, what gives you the right to think you can make a difference in somebody's life? Like, he said, you better answer that question. Because if you're going to ask these athletes to, to think and, and, and do these uncomfortable things, you better be able to tell them why you, you can do it. And he said, you know, I thought about it. I thought about it. It was simple. He said, because I'm in the weeds doing the work with them. And I felt like that's awesome for teachers, too, because sometimes we forget, like, you don't have to be some expert to really have something to share because you're in the weeds doing the work with the students. Right. So what can you do? Right. What can you do? Being here is a great start. Um, that's how I kind of started was watching these. I've been watching these la for the last couple, you know, well, last year when I got to my, my TOSA job, um, adding your own thoughts. I love the, the, the fact that they keep the document open that you can type on it, even if there's too many people, as Adam pointed out earlier, that the comments were frozen. Um, but I like that because, you know, we all have something to share. So share it, right? Connect with like-hearted individuals. Um, and, and then, you know, don't be afraid to take that jump from a passive consumer to an active participant, right? Because, you know, I think the one thing is we, we ask our students to do that. So we should probably be doing the same. You know, do things like joining Twitter chats, make lists on Twitter if you have Twitter, listen and respond to podcasts. That's the one thing that I, you know, I respond to a lot. I, I connect, I contact a lot of podcasters and I hear back from some and not others, but you'd be surprised how many people you would hear back from, right? And create your own content to put out there. And don't get discouraged if you feel like no one's listening, um, it's okay. Again, my Ryan Holiday up there, he once he said, make your tiny contribution to the common good because it will make a difference. If not to the whole, it will to you, right? So even if nobody else hears it, you're gonna make yourself a little bit better, I promise. So by now you might either be A, totally annoyed by me, maybe bored because I haven't offered anything totally new or hopefully feeling a little inspired, right? Hopefully you guys know what the Chris Farley skit down there, but maybe, Reaching out to people, you know, like Stephanie, Eric, I talked about Jim Sturdivant earlier. Another person that I've connected with that has been a huge influence on me is Chris Nessie, if you've ever heard of Podcast PD. Uh, Chris is, is phenomenal. And Chris is one of those guys who will do anything for anybody if you're going to help create stuff. But by doing that, I've been able to connect with people and change the way I feel about education for the better, right? Um, in the agenda, I have two different Wakelet resources. One's about my tips and, you know, just things you can do to help connect with your students. And then things you can do to help connect with other educators. And again, it's not, it's just some, some starters, some ideas. But above all else, don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid to start small, right? I, I started my journey doing this. Um, it was actually a student kind of shaved me into it. I started a podcast three years ago, I think it was, because 
I told my students, you know, was, you guys have to record, you have to, you know, put yourself out there. And the one girl, Jocelyn said to me, she's like, you don't do it. Why, why do we have to? So I started a weekly podcast for what we were doing in my classroom. Then when I switched roles to my to becoming a teacher on special assignment, I started another podcast, um, which I call six tips and tricks from the TOSA. And it was basically for my, my building, my, my, my um, school district. But then like it started to grow just a little bit. And some people do actually listen. Right. And even I just started a new podcast called My Best Lesson Social Studies, where the idea, and this is Chris, Chris Brow, Chris Nessie Brow beat me into this and he'll laugh at it. But he, he bullied me into starting a new podcast where the idea is going to be to share, just have social studies teachers share what they're doing. Um, because, you know, we have these great ideas. So let's get them out there. Right. So just try something. Right. And I want to tie it all together back to my get muddy with me. I told my wife I would. And um, Elmore and McPeak in their book, this is my favorite quote, they say, it's, if you're willing to march off the mat, we'll exit the manicured for the mud. Our current ways are paved. They're familiar systems we've grown accustomed to. We like them smooth, but pioneers move into untried and untested. It can be scary, but it can also be an experience that awakens our very soul. And I love it, right? So that whole idea is get muddy with us, right? Step out of your comfort zone, connect and create your own content. So hopefully... It wasn't too, too theoretical and annoying for you, but thanks. Oh, Michael, that, that is fantastic. Go ahead, Stephanie. Yeah, that was awesome, Mike. And Mike does ask a lot of questions, if you're wondering, <laughs> on the back end. Um, but it was well worth it. <laughs> that was great. Thanks. Well, no, we really appreciate that so much. Um, I want to make sure people can all uh, connect with you. So um, let, me, um, let me share my screen again, um, just to remind people that in the, um, the bottom of the, sh of the uh, I'm going to call going to call them show notes too now, <laughs> the bottom <laughs> yeah. of the agenda, uh, Mike's got his contact info here. And Mike, if, if there's more you can add in there, like you mentioned a bunch of podcasts you do, yeah. I actually, I, I subscribe to your, to your TOSA one. Um, so if, you know, if you want to add more links in here to some of your other resources, please feel free to do that. But for anybody that wants to connect with Mike um, at the bottom of the agenda, you'll see all of his, his resources there and his uh, Wakelet collections from today, which is, uh, excellent. We really appreciate that so much. Thanks. All right. Well, uh, we're going to go ahead then and mention a few other show and tell things. And um, Mike, please feel free to continue to jump in throughout any of this uh, as we go through this. All right. Um, so um, in the show and tell section, if I scroll back up to the top of that, we do have um, a section for things that um, I've come across, things that Stephanie has come across, and then things from the community in general. And please, folks, feel free to continue throwing things into those. Um, so I'll go ahead and do a quick uh, rundown of a few things that um, I've either created or come across in this uh, last month, and then turn it over to Stephanie for hers. Um, so with with uh, my uh, control alt achieve blog, I've uh, done a few blog posts this month. Uh, the first was I was having some fun with Jamboard, and uh, ended up creating a uh, rainbow drawing template <laughs> in Jamboard. So I don't know if anybody else has ever done like you know those scratch off rainbow drawing kind of craft things. I was sort of inspired by that uh, idea, and basically inside of Jamboard, what I ended up doing was um, putting these. <laughs> creating 12 different uh, Jamboard templates with rainbow designs in the background. And then basically what I did was I drew all over 
with this with the uh, the pin button um, using white and basically covered the entire thing white. And then now when you make a copy, you can use the eraser and basically you're erasing the top layer. And when you do that, you can see the background behind it, which is kind of fun. So, so if you're looking for a fun way to uh, get kids excited about using Jamboard, not that they, you know, need any, I mean, they're already excited about it, but just a fun thing to do with it. Feel free to grab some of these templates and I'd be curious to see what people may do with that. I mean, the concept doesn't have to be the rainbow thing. You can really apply a lot to this. It could be a, a picture reveal. So you could, you know, you could make a copy of the rainbow template and just set your own background and put, uh, you know, put a, subject area specific, you know, content picture behind it. And then as you, you know, erase things, you reveal parts of the picture, you know, so it, you could do a lot with it. You don't, I've got a section here talking about setting your own background as, as well. So, um, so there's that. Uh, then um, I uh, was a, speaking of podcasts, you know, don't feel bad, Mike. I, I don't think, I think I've got over 200 subscriptions here. I, I have no idea. I just subscribed to some of the ones you were mentioning. It's like, I can't help it. Yeah. You know, uh, I got to be, <laughs> I got to be on the magic potion EDU uh, podcast uh, just here recently. And um, that has now been posted. Um, so uh, Kevin Reineman, who is one of our Ohio uh friends uh does this uh podcast and um he's had some amazing people i mean i was humbled when i saw the the list of people that he has had on his podcast amazing amazing folks out there um i got to be on episode 48 of that so uh certainly check that out if you want but i would say more than anything check out his podcast so if you're not connected to magic potion edu yet uh there's another one for you and then just uh, yesterday, I finally posted my Royal Game of Ur template. <laughs> I've been working on this one for a long time, just hadn't gotten it posted. Um, my good friend, Donnie Piercy, uh, had had uh, clued me into the Royal Game of Ur, a uh, 4,500-year-old game from uh, Mesopotamia. And uh, I uh, watched a few videos on it, and it's fascinating. It is such a neat game. It's got a great mixture of uh, luck and skill, uh, but it's got some neat applications to math for probabilities or history or just a way for kids to connect remotely. And so I went ahead and made a template for it. And so you can get the Google Slides template or the Google um, Drawings template, and uh, then you can play the game. You can move the pieces. And <clears throat> I did the whole same trick I did with the uh, backgammon one. These are embedded YouTube videos that roll the dice basically. So when you click on it, it's, you know, it goes through these frames really fast of all the different options. And when you click it again, it stops the dice roll and that's how you roll the dice in the game. So anyway, so those, those are the new things on the site. <clears throat> and then other than that, just here's some things that jumped out at me throughout the month. Definitely check these out. Things I might mention real quick would be heads up if you were a user of the great suspender, um, Chrome extension, which would put your Chrome tabs to sleep that you weren't using to help save on memory because Chrome is a memory hog. It got removed because of malware. <clears throat> it got sold to a new company and then they you know, took advantage of that situation. Um, the marvelous suspender seems to be a good alternative to that though. Um, also um, this uh, 
got announced this month, but there wasn't like a Google post about it. So I uh, linked in a post from, from Jeremy on this one. Uh, and that was the fact that we now have a QR code generator built into Google Chrome. And basically the idea is if you're on a web page, you're like, oh, I want to share this. If you go up and click in the address bar up in the top, there's now this little button here. Um, if you click on, it'll generate a QR code that you can then download uh, and, and use for that page. I thought that was kind of cool. And then I know we all love Clay and Clay Codes and all the amazing things he does. Uh, he has an extension called, called Record to Slides. that has been around for a little while, but he added an update to it um, recently enough um, that it's, it's fairly new, this update. And that is instead of just recording your webcam, it can now also record your screen share as well and put that right into slides, which is awesome. So there's other things there, but those are some of the things that jumped out to me. I will go ahead and uh, turn this over to Stephanie and uh, you let me know, Stephanie, would you like to have a screen share? Yeah, I'll share my screen. Okay, I'll let go of it then. Yeah, I love me some clay codes. <laughs> Okay, can you see? Yeah, screen? yeah. Right, and I just made a resource for Clay, um, the record to slides, I'll add it onto the agenda as well. Um, that way, if anybody's interested in learning more about it, um, you can do so because Clay is awesome. Move that over, and I'm gonna link that before I forget. And I have so many different updates um, coming up. And so right here, I just put in the record to slides update. So feel free to look through here and um, grab anything that you might like to look at. Um, so right here is the Chrome web store where you can get his extension and then it goes through how to use it. Um, there's also a video walking through. And then, um, Yes, Louise, I am obsessed with clay. Um, and then down here is my weekly newsletter that I send out to my staff. So feel free to look at any of um, the upcoming digital resources that I send out to my staff and feel free to use and with your staff if it helps. Um, these are things that I usually find on Twitter or wherever. And it just is based on like social emotional learning. It can be Jamboards we found, Google Docs stuff. Um, so tons of different resources here. And I always add um, my other resources down below. So everything's kind of in that one spot. And then the next thing is OETC. Um, so I have not been able to attend a whole lot of sessions just because work has been really busy this year. But if you are, I would love your notes. Um, so if you just go to this website, um, it's also in the agenda, you can grab the notes and um, sign up to be a collaborator on the website. And then we're just kind of going here, um, like I did a Jamboard session and I just put in all of my slide deck, all the resources. And then if you go, um, somebody did a Google one or, or this crisis one. So then you can see what they've added. Um, so just a really fun place to put collaborative places for notes and that kind of stuff. So feel free um, to add if you're watching OETC. I have not, again, been able to watch a whole lot of sessions. So I would love to see what you are learning and hopefully I can get some time to go back. I think I put a plug in for your notes. Yeah, real quick. yeah, go so, ahead. 
that that's how I that's how Steph and I really got connected. Like I had heard her. I think I heard you on House of Ed Tech might have been if I remember like years ago. And then you interviewed a friend on a friend of mine on the podcast. But those ISTE notes, it's really if, if that's awesome to do. And I felt like I actually paid more attention to the sessions because I felt accountable to you and to other people. So I think it's really cool what you're doing with them. So I, I suggest if you have if you haven't done it yet, give it a shot because it's it, it makes it more valuable your time, I think. Yeah. And before I was just doing like a Google sheet and it was not, it was not organized. <laughs> so I love how on the on the site, you can embed videos, you can embed um, any resources that was given out, wakelets, that kind of stuff all into there. And the way that I saw it is I was sitting next to someone at OETC and, last year and I looked over and I was like, oh, that's smart. You're taking notes on a website. And then I was like, we could make this collaborative. Um, so that's kind of where I've got the idea. So it was not my original idea, but I did add the collaboration piece. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Uh, yeah. The next thing are just some sessions I've done. Um, we do tech committees in our district and tech committees are a very long uh, process in our district. So um, they start in February and they don't end until May. Uh, so, but it's a really good process to, for us to look over um, the different programs that we purchase um, and looking at how the usage is going and what teachers are using, what they're not using. So I've added all of my resources here. I've added um, videos. This one's like an 11 minute overview. This one I did for a friend because she really wanted to know about our tech committee. So it's like an hour long if you're really into tech committees and you want to know more. And then this was the meeting that I had with my teachers. So if you want to see like what that meeting looked like with um, teachers, I just pasted that there. And all of the resources are in this folder. Feel free to copy anything. Like we have a rubric where we evaluate every single program to make sure it um, meets the privacy statements, that there's less advertisements or it's appropriate advertisements. If it's not, we don't allow the program in our district. Um, there's all these Google form surveys so I can get quantitative and qualitative data. And then teachers work together um, as a group to give feedback on the programs. So lots of information, lots of steps. We even have like questionnaires that we have to answer. Very, very detailed process, um, but it's helped the usage in our district. Teachers have ownership because they're asking for programs that they want and will use. And programs that they don't want, we usually don't renew or we listen to their feedback why, why it's not being effective. Is it training? Is it um, the program needs something that it doesn't have? And we're able to take all that information back to the vendor. So very detailed process. Feel free to look over any of those resources if you're very interested in that. Um, Abbott and I did a session for um, OK Google Organize My Life, and we go over Google Drive, Gmail, and Classroom. And this was geared towards students. We did one for adults, um, so this one was for students. So feel free to share this with your students if they are very unorganized. I had a teacher reach out that wanted this session, so that's kind of why we did it. We turned off chat so students are unable to leave messages, um, and we made it kid-friendly. So it's all good on that end as well. And then I did a session for OETC and Global on Jamboard. Um, so feel free if you wanna watch that session, it is all in there. And then this past Monday, um, I did a session on coaching. Um, this was probably one of the hardest sessions I ever led because uh, we had a teacher in our district pass away. 
And she was the first teacher I ever coached. Um, so this session meant a lot to me just because she taught me or let me try everything on her. Um, so feel free if you want some coaching tips, there's 20 tips in that video. Uh, I love edu protocols. Um, so this template right here is Fast and Curious. And what you do with Fast and Curious is students play a quizzes game, a gim kit game, a Quizlet game, any type of game. And on Monday, they don't know the information and their score is like 20%. On Tuesday, it goes up to like 30%. They play the same game. On Wednesday, it goes up to 40% and maybe they do like a frere model to improve. And so by Thursday, they go up by 80% and hopefully on Friday, they get to 100 or 90%. And so on the Fast and Curious, students are seeing their progress over time and they're competing as a class. So you're taking the class average and adding it onto um, the Google slide so that the students can see how they're doing. And it's just a lot of fun. It makes it a little bit more gamified. And then they're always competing against. Sometimes we'll even add another slide and we will compete um, class one versus class two. Um, so it can be just, again, a quick way to engage students um, if you want to. And then LockLink, this is probably one of my new favorite websites. Um, you can put a URL right here. You can add a password. And so a lot of my teachers uh, with hybrid learning, they want to send out Google Forms, but they don't want the kids to take it until they complete something else. So the students or breakout room or anything like that, they put in the website, you add a password, and then they get like a message um, that shows that it's not going to work or the password is correct. Um, so if I just go over here, let me go to one of my sites. Um, and then you can just add it in and add your password. And then again, the students cannot get into the website. Let me see if I can find a quick Google form that I can lock. Yeah, and Abid used Link Lock too. I forget what you used it for, Abid, if you want to share in the chat while I'm trying to get this. That is really neat, though. Uh, that is, that, that's a great way. I know that um, uh, some similar things for like YouTube videos, like, you know, view pure and some of those sites will let you put a password on like their link to be able to view the video. But this works for any, any kind of link, you could put any link in there and um, the resulting uh, website that you're going to get there. Um, well, got to have matching passwords, though. Right? I know, there we go. Okay. <laughs> and then you give them this link that it outputs. And then when the kids click that link, they have to enter that password. So if I type in something wrong, it says error, incorrect, try again. And then they're able to get to that um, Google form. So it can be fun for breakout rooms. If you have something locked on a website, you could do something like that. Um, also, I just learned too, I don't know why I was missing out on this, but if you go on here and just type in like password and then make a new section and then use response validation, you could right. set up your own password and then kids can't answer the Google form until they know that password as well. Now, now keep in mind, and I, I, I hesitate to, to, to mention this, you know, but uh, um, there are ways around that. And I guess probably kids probably already know, so it probably doesn't make any difference me, me mentioning it, but I'm always a little, you know, afraid to, to, to say that, but uh, there is a, there's a trick, there's a trick that, uh, yeah, they can right click and do some things and yeah. they can actually, um, so, it, so that's great if they don't know that trick, but if they do, they can get right past that, yeah. 
And then this was another fun share on Twitter um, from, I think, Coach Stevens. And then I think Amanda Sanderval made it pretty. Um, so right here, it's a vocab throwdown and you can have different teams. They're um, comparing maybe different vocabulary words and battling each other um, with those words. And then there's an individual one too. So I just thought that could be fun for vocabulary. Um, see here. This was a really good session, but I just wanted to share one tip that I learned that I don't know why I didn't know. <laughs> so I wanted to share it in case anybody else didn't know. If you highlight um, the row of data down here, it will show you the sum, average, all of that. I did not know that. Did you know that, Eric? Yeah, yeah, that's a great, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, that's been there for, for several years, but it's a great, so thank you for mentioning that, it really is a nice thing, because it's a really quick way, and I, I use it for a lot of different reasons, um, but, you know, so, sometimes I'm just trying to get a quick, you know, sum of the data, sometimes I'm trying to get a unique count of how many, you know, there are in there, and yeah, that's, that's real nice. Yeah, so it was in a great session. It talked about um, Google Forms, Google Sheets, and I always want to get better at Sheets. So that's what I was um, curious about. And then I asked her to do another session on Google Sheets. So Desiree is going to do another session on Google Sheets. So make sure you hit that reminder if you're interested. Um, it's going to be on March 31st at 1 p.m. Um, it should be really good. She had a ton of great tips in this video. Um, and then this right here, I just got sent. Um, so I'm really glad I checked my email. And if you go to the second tab, you can check and it will tell you what upgrade you need for Google Workspace for Education. Um, so if you just go in here and you say, I need this, it's going to tell you which um, pieces cover it. And you might want to look into buying that part of the product. So that might help too with some of those conversations that you're having with your districts, like, oh, we need breakout rooms. So I'm gonna check that box. We need this, we also need this. And then you can have those conversations as well. And then um, tonight we're gonna do a GEG um, global recap of what has happened with the learning with Google. So there might be some more different insights. So if you wanna join, feel free. Um, I love Edu Protocols. So this is gonna be a really fun session where we're going to show off edu protocols in a classroom type of style. And so I will be the teacher. And then we've got five different students that are going to be acting out the protocols. So that way you can see them in a real life, how they would look like with students. And these people have no idea what they're going to have to do. So it will be pretty uh, real life. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, and then TextHelp is doing um, six different sessions. So if you are interested in learning more about TextHelp, they have um, a couple sessions coming up. So again, just hit that reminder if you're interested in learning more about TextHelp. And then one more thing, the Google Trainer community, um, there's a kickoff on Saturday and it is going to go over all of the parts of the application to become a Google Trainer. So if you're interested or know someone who is, um, please have them sign up. It is not like on a YouTube link because it's on Google Meet. We don't want any meat bombers. So you will want to sign up using this Google form and it's gonna be a lot of fun, a lot of information, um, but feel free to come and bring questions. And I wanted to share out real quick, Alex shared this playlist and it looks amazing. It's for Google Sites. Yeah, uh, so what um, it says uh, student tutorials. So did students make, is it, 
Do, do you know more about Alex's? I think it's for videos? students. I think oh, he's for, in oh, Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was by students or for students. Yeah, I haven't watched them yet, but um, I did send them. It looks like he's doing it. Okay. But it has introduction, organization, advance, and then I liked how he did publishing. Yeah. Um, Very nice. So feel free to share those out too. And then I didn't know if there was anything else from our community. There's a ton of resources. Yeah. Well, why don't you keep sharing the screen since you've already okay. got that up. Uh, got so in, uh, anything um, as you scroll on down there, um, uh, the, the section that has the initials AAL, that's that's Anthony Luskry, uh, who uh, used to be my co-host with uh, GG Ohio. Uh, uh, and he's shared, uh, Anthony's always great about sharing resources there. So thank you, Anthony, so much um, for putting in um, that variety of, of resources that he has there. Uh, and then I know the ones under Google Arts and Culture, um, those are from Steve Wick. Um, and uh, uh, Steve does the, the um, uh, blog, uh, Know Your Why. Um, and uh, he's been um, highlighting some arts and culture experiments recently. And he's got more coming up that he's going to be um, uh, talking about. So those, those are awesome. I appreciate him putting those in there. All right. No, did you see anything else that might have been? Oh no, we did skip one. There was one: how to put a screencastify on YouTube, right above yeah. Anthony's. Um, you know? And I think this is from Toby. He in the chat. I think this is Toby's video. He in the chat was saying that he was helping teachers move their screencastify to YouTube, so he had a video. So he just oh, wanted to share that if okay. anybody wants to watch it. Yeah, Toby. Oh, thank you, Toby. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that may be something they need to start doing if we run into limitations on our storage with Drive. Is how to easily and, still use Screencastify, but boop, send things over to YouTube instead. And someone just highlighted the screen. So I think they want us to talk about it. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that's, yeah. And again, yeah. Uh, so Anthony's known for several things. Um, one is spreadsheets though. And so since we were talking about spreadsheets, uh, that is his, uh, his uh, presentation on a, a dozen powerful, but easy features in spreadsheets. And so uh, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. yeah, I'm always wanting more on spreadsheets. So please keep sharing that resource. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, do you want to scroll up to Q&A since you're yeah. already on there? Um, and I, I don't know, um, I don't, doesn't look like, does not look like everything got answered this time around. Um, so if you do have answers for some of these as a community, please feel free to type things in. Uh, some of the things that came up here, one was um, a question about what's the best way to convert speech to text on a Chromebook. So basically we're speaking and we want it to be typed up for us. And the question was, is it best just to use Google's built-in tool? And uh, uh, the response here um, is that yes, the, the built-in tool is excellent. If you turn on the accessibility feature on a Chromebook, you get a little microphone button, you can click, you can talk, it'll just type it up for you. But if you did need something else, some recommendations, of course, would be things like voice in voice typing, which works in forms and Gmail, or voice uh, typing, which is built into docs and slides. Um, so um, all of and, and so all of those are options on there. Yeah. Now this next one, I have not seen this question before um, because we don't always see a lot of folks moving away from classroom. Um, so it was saying that their school is moving them away from classroom and they wanted to know, could they export things? So I poked around a little bit on that. And um, 
certainly the fact that Google Drive saves everything in happy folders is really good for you. Uh, you'll have a classroom folder, you have a folder for every class and a folder for every assignment. So there's a lot of classroom that even if you stop using classroom, that Drive would preserve. Beyond that, though, there is the regular Google Takeout, not the one we mentioned earlier, not Takeout for Schools, that is for somebody, you know, who's uh, graduating and moving all their stuff to another account, but just the normal takeout. Um, that does have an option to, you can basically spit out pretty much anything from your Google account. That does cover Classroom as well. It spits it out in an odd format. It's a JSON format, J-S-O-N, um, but there's, um, a, it's basically, you know, a text file, but with special formatting. Um, and there are JSON readers and viewers that would help you go through, but it will spit out like all of your classes with their titles, the students, announcements, assignments, materials, and all of that. And I included help pages and directions for being able to access some of that. Um, and the only other one that I answered, so I just answered those, those two. And this third one I answered, which was, um, is there a way to monitor um, all of the students in your breakout rooms all at once to like view all of them at once and just, you know, unmute them as needed. And my response to that was, you know, not if you use the built-in feature that right now Google meet breakout rooms, you can only join one breakout room at a time. So you have to keep jumping from room to room to room. But I do have this blog post on the alternative way to do breakout rooms where you're actually in all of them at one time as a teacher. And then you use a, um, there's an extension that I mentioned in this, the mute tab extension, where you can just unmute individual tabs one at a time to uh, listen in um, on those. So that would be an option. And then we've got some other good stuff here. Um, so we got smart mute getting mentioned and then uh, Kumo space, which I'm not familiar with. Uh, Eric, and, I yeah. can I talk about that one for a second? Please. I, put, I put that one in there. That's another yeah. Chris Nessie. I just heard that he, you put that one in. It's actually, it's one virtual room and it, it works kind of like a, a real classroom would where you only hear the people that are within your range. Um, so you go to your Kumo space, you can set it up for free. And then as kids click and drag themselves around the room, you can only hear the people that, that are close to you. So it's almost like a virt like breakout rooms in one room. And uh, the teacher has the ability to, to, to work as a megaphone and can move yourself around. So it's a little chaotic. You're going to take some training. My fifth grader, his teacher did it already with her kids, but it's, it's pretty cool. So it's definitely something you, you might want to check out. Thank you so much for mentioning that. Um, what else did we have in here? looks like a few things got added to that first question. I see um, some resources from, from Ocali got added in there, which is great. Um, boy, you guys are doing great. We got a lot of people. <laughs> filling in stuff. Uh, let's keep going down though, Stephanie. What do we have a little further down? Yeah, there's the question about the announcements page, that classic site. You had like a blog page and announcements page. We do not have that in new sites yet. Maybe will, maybe won't. Um, I don't know who answered this one, but they were talking about using the announcement banner on some of the sites as an option. Okay. Um, then here's the info on signing up for GEG Global Sessions. That's great. Uh, we do have a couple other questions here. I don't have an answer to these. Uh, there's a one about any chance of a built-in QR code reader that's as easy as the QR code generator. So I, I don't know that anything's being built into Chrome for that. If anybody does know, let me know about that. Um, and then this question I know everybody's asking, which is uh, about 
an alternative to grid view, you know, because Google Meet um, changes so frequently that extensions don't always work well um, long-term. And so the Google Meet grid view extension, which everybody loves, um, is not consistently functioning anymore. And sometimes folks say, well, you know, you can just, you know, change the amount of people that show up in a Google Meet now, because if you go into layouts, you can adjust your grid in there up to 49, which is great. But the problem is, it, 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 the real problem, in my opinion, is Google has an issue with the box that says that you're, that you're presenting. That's, that's the issue. If I'm in a Google Meet and I'm presenting something to my kids, if, if I'm just looking at students, I can go into my layout settings and I can ramp it up to 49 and I can see up to 49 people. Um, but if I'm presenting, as soon as I go to present, I get this giant rectangle, you know, on my screen that says you are presenting and it's useless. It doesn't show me what I'm presenting and it eats up an entire half of the screen, even though it's just this one, you know, rectangle. And so no matter what, I lose space to see my students over here. The only trick that I've really found is the zoom out trick that if you use control plus and minus or command plus and minus to zoom in and out, if you go, you know, control minus and you zoom out on the meet, as you zoom out, it shrinks down the space for that, you are presenting and suddenly boop, 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 more people start appearing as tiles there because it has more room to work with there. So that's sort of been the only way that I know around it right now is that if that's the pain point, if you're saying I need, because that's what uh, Gridview did. It allowed you to be presenting your screen and not lose that whole bit of real estate there. So that's the only workaround I know right now. I think Google really needs to rethink that part of Meet. That's just a flaw. That's just, it's not a good design right now, the way that is set up. That, that really needs to be fixed. So Stephanie, what else is in there? Did we miss some stuff? I'll turn it back over to you. I was trying to keep up with the chat. I think we answered, <laughs> I think somebody or we answered every question. Okay. I think if we didn't reach out to the Ohio group and I'm sure somebody will. <laughs> All right. Well, very good. Well, um, as we are starting to wrap up then, uh, we of course want to once again say, if you have any other questions, now's the time, throw them in the YouTube chat throw them in the Q&A here. Uh, absolutely, we can still squeeze a few more things in, but um, I do want to do a little bit of a wrap up here. Uh, first of all, I want to thank Mike so much for being with us today. It is always such a pleasure to have uh, a guest on each episode. I want to thank Stephanie so much for organizing that. It is because of Stephanie that we do have a guest each month. And uh, so Mike, thanks so much for being here. Did you have anything that uh, as we start to wrap up that you would like to, to, to say, Mike, to the group? No, just thank you. I appreciate it. I've always, I've, I've liked watching these each month and it's, uh, you know, Ohio is a little cold and far for me, but uh, it's, it's nice to, to be part of it for two hours, three hours each Tuesday, each month. <laughs> well, we appreciate you being here and everybody who joins us, no matter what. Uh, as of some reminders, uh, don't forget to sign in under the important links highlighted in green. You will see the sign in form. If you haven't had a chance to sign in yet, that way I can generate a certificate of attendance for you. And uh, next month, uh, I think we're scheduled for March 25th, I believe, is the tentative 
tentative uh, schedule for that. Uh, if anything changes, we'll always update that on the GEG Ohio website. Um, Stephanie, did you see anything else pop up? I don't think address. so. Um, the only thing is we'll put this also on the podcast. So if anybody wants to re-listen or needs that audio version, I know this was a lot of information. I'm getting <laughs> that in the chat. This was a jam-packed session. I'm overwhelmed. Again, you can go back and rewatch. And I know Eric does a great job of adding those timestamps in. So if there was something you wanted to re-see at a later date, you're able to. Um, if, and again, if you have questions, reach out to the GEG Ohio group. And that group is always chatting and answering each other's questions. So I love that group. Ah, um, I did see Star mention something. Um, she said, did you know that Zoom now has closed caption built in for free? Um, so that's interesting because star, somebody else did mention that to me and I was not aware of that. I love the closed captioning that's built into Google meet. It's phenomenal. It uses AI to catch everybody speaking. Zoom has had a closed caption feature in the past, but it was one where you had to type in the closed captions. Am I understanding you correct star that you're saying that this is automated now, that this is something that you don't have to. Uh, type yourself? If so, thank you for letting me know because no, I was not aware of that. So thanks for that heads up. All right, guys. Well, again, thank you to everybody for being with us. We will see you next month and please stay connected. Um, as Mike was telling us, it's all about connection. Stay connected in whatever way. Uh, join our you know, Facebook group, join our email distribution group, uh, stay connected through Global GEG and all the other ways out there and stay safe. And we'll see you guys again next month. Thanks so much, everybody. Take care.